Welcome back to Nate the Hate, where I am joined by my co-hosting mate, MVG. What's up, Nate? Great to be here, and what a interesting day it was today. It was, an, it was an interesting day. We finally got to see the PlayStation 5 in box form, and we got to see a vast library of diverse software that's coming from both Sony and third-party partners. But before we get into that topic, I want to introduce an initiative to the listeners, because I've gotten some DMs over recent weeks where people say, how can I support the channel in a bigger way beyond just a subscription and a comment and a view? And what we're going to do is I'm going to open up a Streamlabs, which you'll be able to find in the description on YouTube and on Twitter. And anyone who donates to the Streamlabs, I invite you to ask a question. And any question you ask, we will answer at the end of our next episode. So however we know, however we air once a week or twice a week, whatever questions we have in the Streamlabs up to that point, we will answer in that, you know, the next episode. And to provide a little extra initiative for people, I guess you could say, there is no minimum value. You know, if you donate a dollar, that's enough. Because this is just a way of giving back to the community while you also support us. Because without you, we don't exist. But if you do donate like an extravagant amount, let's say $100 or more, we will dedicate that episode to you. We'll read out your name, we'll read your question in the introduction sequence of the episode. And, you know, that's that's just a really generous offer from the user to give a high amount of money and we want to show our thanks and that's that's an idea we're going to move with going forward so let's get right into the topic of today and we're going to start with the playstation 5 hardware because sony came out and they showed this interesting design that's futuristic kind of alien looking (laughs) but the bigger surprise was that they are going to launch with two SKUs. we're going to have a playstation 5 with a disk drive and a playstation digital deluxe option which is you know discless it's a digital only solution and this is something that i don't think any of us really anticipated from sony at least not at launch yeah uh absolutely nate uh i I would definitely agree with you i was not expecting two SKUs. there was some rumblings that maybe sony would come with two of them for the ps5 but yeah i mean here we are now it's not necessarily a um, a light version or or you know a, a cut down version spec wise. I mean, it's essentially, at least from what we know today, the exact same hardware minus the 4K Blu-ray player, which probably puts it at we'll say fifty dollars cheaper than the you know just the, the the traditional system. But very interesting to see Sony finally get behind a digital system. I mean, if we think of it, the last time they ever did this was the PSP Go, and that got a lot of criticism at the time for being, you know, you couldn't really expand it, and people really didn't understand why you would bring out a PSP without any, you know, UMD drive. In in some ways, Sony was kind of ahead of the curve, you know, with with the, the digital thing all those years ago. But I mean, that's it's, this is essentially the the you know a all digital system that they've finally come out with, and very surprising to me that they've done this. But it's also a look into the future, you know, of of video yes. games, right? Like Sony must be thinking. The reason why they've done this is because look, let's let's be let's be realistic. 
physical media is is slowly going away and it pains me to say that as someone that is a big collector of physical media physical games but the reality is digital consoles digital media is the way things are going so you know i i think sony is really gearing themselves up for the next generation and honestly i would say that the the digital edition is something that will probably start to take over in sales over time. I think, you know, initially we'll see the 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 regular editions kind of, you know, sell more. But I think if I was to estimate that we'll see that the digital version over time will start to, you know, to take those numbers, especially when it's going to be cheaper anyway. And also, I mean, this doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but it does to me. It looks better. I mean, it's it's the better aesthetically looking system. The 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 one with the the 4K DVD <laughs> drive looks like I don't even know what it looks like. It just doesn't look very good, you know. Yeah, and that's an interesting point. Is that when you look at the two systems side by side, it's kind of like the disc version was the afterthought when it came to designing the PlayStation Five because it has this weird goiter coming out of the side of its neck. I guess you would say because. When it's vertical, this is towards the bottom. And, I mean, it's really not that aesthetically pleasing with this disk drive just jotting out there. And I like how you brought up the PSP Go because I was <laughs> I bought one at launch. I love that system. And I love that. I made it a portable PlayStation 1 at the time. That's where I loaded up all my PS1 games. And it, that really was kind of the first foray for the major three manufacturers to go into a digital only solution with their hardware and the PSP Go was not a success and Microsoft tried it with the Xbox One sad Mm -hmm. and that also did not find success partially because it was priced far too high it was way higher than anyone would have anticipated people thought so uh, Microsoft was going to come out like a 150 or a 99 dollar price point with the Xbox One sad bundle and game pass and they would have made their revenue off Game Pass subscriptions moving forward. Instead, they priced it almost double what everyone was anticipating. And that was a marketing blunder by Microsoft. And now here's Sony with a digital-only PlayStation 5. And pricing is definitely going to be vital here. They have to nail the price point. And I think if we really want to evaluate the pricing from a business standpoint, we're probably looking at a $50 discrepancy between digital only and the disc mm-hmm. version of PS5. Now, $50 doesn't sound like a lot, but $50 from a psychological level when it comes to marketing can sway the consumer's mind in a significant way. You go to the store and you look at a PS5, and let's say it's priced at $499. Now you're looking at it and say, okay, it's less than $500. Now it's like, okay, that's, like, that's cheap enough. I price the digital only one at four forty nine. Yeah. Now that's not like again, it's fifty dollars. But what to you mentally just sounds so much more appealing, four forty nine or four ninety nine. Your mind is probably gonna say four forty nine, but at the same time, that fifty dollar gap you might say to yourself, Well, for just an extra fifty bucks, I can get that more complete version. And so that might be part of Sony's marketing scheme mm-hmm. that they get you to buy the disc version for that higher price, but you know, that premium. Yeah. They 
make a little more money on that potentially. And I mean, we're speculating about the pricing in general here. Sony could go another way with this. They could actually price the disc version maybe a little higher if they had to. I thought about this myself. Yeah, maybe put a $100 gap between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or depending on what the cost to build of the discless version is, they might even take a hit on that version knowing they could break even or maybe, you know, maybe even become a little profitable mm-hmm. on the more premium disc version. Like they have two ways they can approach this. And I think it's largely going to come down to where Microsoft prices things because right now we're all anticipating Microsoft to go a similar route. But the key difference is Lockhart, which is expected to have no disc drives, supposed to be digital only as well, is a compromised Xbox Series X. Right. And that's that's where this PS5 is intriguing, that there are no concessions when it comes to overall power or performance, whereas Microsoft, instead of just off Xbox Series X without a disk drive, they said, let's make one that has less performance, yeah. less hardware. It still has the same innards. It's just not going to perform at those same heights. And Sony said, no, the hell with that. We're putting the exact same system in the exact same box, and we're just going to launch it a little cheaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think I was thinking about the price um, once we saw the two systems. And, I mean, I still I still think that it's going to be the 499 Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's the 450 or it's the 399 for the the digital edition, and you know, and I know you know 100 dollars um, for the removal of a Blu-ray or a 4K um, HD um, DVD or Blu-ray player sounds like a lot, and it is. It's probably not even worth that much as far as the bill of materials. Probably not anywhere close to that much. But mm-hmm. think of it another way: like if you're coming from the PlayStation 4. And you've got 50 physical games in your collection that you want to play on the PS5 because Jim Ryan said your games will be playable on day one. You have no choice, right? You have to buy the one with the disk drive. So you're you're already locked into that $499 more expensive model. Do you know what I'm saying? So... I I wonder if if you know Sony is is kind of pushing most consumers that that want to bring their their PS4 games across to the, the you know the the 499 model, but the kind of the the digital edition is more for the newer consumers that that you know want to get a taste of Sony or, or the PlayStation. Uh, maybe they're coming back to Sony or the PlayStation after uh, you know a bit of a break. You know maybe they were around on the PS3 days. But I do think maybe it's not a $50 difference. It may be a $100 difference. And if, if they can somehow get the, the price of the digital to $399 uh, and then sell the, you know, the, the, the other model for $499, I think that's, that's pretty damn compelling. I think Sony would be feeling pretty good about you know, the holiday season if they can set those price points. I mean, three ninety nine to me, you know, a hundred dollar discrepancy. It feels overly aggressive mm-hmm. for Sony, but at the same time, that comes kind of brings me back to my other point of let's let's assume it cost four seventy five, yeah, for them to build. So launching at five hundred dollars, the disc version, 
they they won't make $25 because you still have to factor in retail fees, shipping, et cetera. So let's just say $500 break even. Now, if I do launch the digital-only PlayStation 5 at $399, I'm taking, you know, we'll say a $100 loss. But because it's digital-only, I, as Sony, get a higher cut of every piece of software you buy because there is no retail middleman. Right. I take my 30% from all third-party releases and indies, and then any first-party games... I mean, that's pure profit for me. I'm not paying for shipping. I'm not paying retail fees. I'm not even paying licensing fees and all, you know, so there's a lot of factors into that. So I guess we have to come to kind of this topic of if you're Sony, do you take a hundred dollar hit on the digital version, break even on the disc version in hopes that I am able to grow my digital base, which right now I believe consumer spending is over 50%. Mm when it comes to digital software. So if I can expand that to, you know, 75, 80% of my base is buying digital games, my revenue stream is going to be way up. Yeah. And that initial $100 hit is going to be erased. Just with the, you know, purchase of what, three, four games? Yeah. And I guess, you know, we we can't just assume that with the, 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 one, the, the, the model with the disk drive that, you'll have that luxury of playing games off your disc because you won't because that game has to install itself onto the SSD to be played from there unless, you know, unless it's a PS4 game, which probably will allow you to run off some type of external storage. Yeah, look, I think think it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. A lot of questions. And it really just, I mean, it threw me for a bit of a, a loop, man. Like I was not expecting the two systems. I thought, that was a very interesting, interesting move. But in hindsight, I mean, it makes a lot of sense that they would do that. Um, you know, you can't, like you said, you know, your statistics about digital sales is only going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the right move. I mean, as like I said, as much as it, it pains me to say it, physical media is is slowly going away and, and Sony is is making the, the right plays uh, into, uh, into the next gen. Now, I got to ask you a question. What did you think about the aesthetics of this thing? I, I mean, my first impressions are it's ugly. Yeah. It it looks like, it looks like an oyster or it looks like a clam. I mean, I made myself a cheeseburger tonight <laughs> and when I put it on the bun, I looked at it, the cheese was melting on the top and I was like, you know, that piece of cheese was cut pretty thin. So I put one on the bottom bun and I looked at the hamburger in the middle and I said, my God, it looks like a PlayStation 5. So I don't disagree, but I am going to counter you slightly. And, and let's go back and think about PlayStation consoles over the years. So the PS1 is a beautiful, like the original PS1 was a beautiful looking system. Like when it first came out, aesthetically, yes. it was it's gorgeous. Even now, I, I like I look at my PS1 and think, man, that, that's such a great looking yeah. system. Nice, nice and sleek. The PS2 was a bit of a bit of a i don't know like when it was first shown it was like what is this it's like you've slept on this like smaller base with this larger roof on top it was it wasn't the best looking system but to be fair i've grown to really like its 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 appearance in fact i prefer it much over the ps2 slim model which i think just looks like 
an ice cream sandwich or something. It, it doesn't look very good. Hey, right now the PS5 kind of looks like an inverse <laughs> ice cream sandwich. And then we have the PS3, the almighty toaster. George Foreman. Or the George Foreman grill that got so much, <laughs> so much criticism when that was announced. Do you remember? Like, I, I mean, are we forgetting how much criticism the George Foreman grill got? And now everyone loves it. It's like, oh my God, I love the fat PS3. It was like a, the best looking system I ever. Mean, to its credit, it did, it looked futuristic and it was built like a tank. Yeah. Like that was a sturdy piece of hardware. And I think the PS3 Slim, because it went with that plastic mm-hmm. finish, it just didn't have that nice, clean, yeah. glossy look of the PS3 fat. That kind of makes the ps3 fat look better in hindsight yeah and then we have the ps4 which again when it was first shown people were like what is this thing that looks like a pencil eraser that's not (laughs) square and not flush and so and look the ps4 to me looks looks like it's a nice looking system especially the pro with with the three layers so my question to you is 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 this just shock you know are we just kind of you know is it just the initial shock of how weird looking this thing is and maybe maybe like a year from now or a year from from launch you know once we've had this thing in our living rooms for a while we kind of grow to appreciate its aesthetics a little better or do you think this is just an ugly ass looking system that will never look good no matter what (laughs) like i've tried to think of it of how it will look in my media center and it's not going to go with anything i have on it it if i stand it up it's going to look like one of those futuristic misshapen vase Mm -hmm. that you see in movies and i don't want that on the side of my tv because it's you know it's kind of peculiar it's a weird shaped object then i say okay typically i always go horizontal and this is the first system that I can recall that needs a stand to be horizontal. And all I can look at is like, this is a long system. Yeah. And then I remember the disk drive is on the bottom of the system. It's not in the center. It's just this weird thing on the bottom that is protruding from the system. And I think it's just going to be ugly until a slim model comes out. Yeah. It seems like they've taken the, you know, the, the Buck Rogers uh, dev kit and they've done the best they can in a, um, I guess a consumer level uh, console, but it sounds like, and it looks like that, you know, this is not its final form. I mean, I expect to see some iteration of the design, yeah. maybe, you know, mid season, uh, maybe three years in or something like that, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, this is kind of like, I don't want to use a Dragon Ball Z reference, but I will. This looks <laughs> like Frieza's third form where it's yeah. just this monstrosity and we're probably going to get a slimmer, better looking model in a few years. Cause like, I know we keep saying it's ugly and it's a monstrosity. Like it's definitely, it's rough looking. I like the fact that it does have a futuristic aesthetic to it. Mm -hmm. It does remind me of almost something like Alienware would have put out for a PC tower. Yeah. So it, it does have some redeeming qualities. It has 
tons of fan space. Mm-hmm. The system should run nice and cool. It should be whisper quiet, hopefully. So, I mean, obviously the engineers did what they could to design this thing as best they can. And they came up with this seed-looking thing. <laughs> and, I mean, it's a curious design. And I know people gave Microsoft a lot of, you know, a lot of trash when they came out and said, here's the Xbox Series X. And everyone said, it's a PC tower. Well, everyone, Sony did exactly the same thing. They came out with a PC tower. Yeah. It's a little slimmer, I think, though I've seen some of those comparison images, and it almost looks just as wide as the Xbox Series X. Maybe the difference is, you know, a centimeter here or there. So this is not a small system in any stretch. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this is more comparable to the PlayStation 3 Fat. Yeah, it it looks like a tall system, and maybe some of the, the listeners didn't catch on, but if you look at the disk drive and then compare how much room above the, the disk drive there is, it's a lot taller than just the average you know console. It, it's taller than the VCR. It's taller than the PS4. It's, it's, it's certainly taller than the Series X. And I think it's probably, it's, it's like almost like a mini tower PC, you know, like in size. And uh, I don't know how that's going to look in, in, in real life. I mean, they showed the system, you know, on, on, you know, horizontally with the, the little thing they had underneath it to kind of sit the stand. And that kind of looked ridiculous. You know, I didn't think that looked particularly great. I mean, the horizontal thing is like an afterthought. It's it's almost like the reverse of when you buy a PlayStation 3 or a 4 and you want to stand it on its, um, you know, vertically, you need to buy the optional stand. It's kind of the reverse of that. You know, this system is meant to be vertical unless for whatever godforsaken reason you want to put it horizontally. And I think, I that's, I think that's an interesting interesting miss there, you know. But I will say that the, the digital edition symmetrically symmetrically looks um looks a lot nicer in fact when it's stood up vertically had that xbox 360 uh concave shape look about it the the old 360 you know with the face plates um so there was a nice look about that i I kind of like that look and i'm kind of really torn about this man because i mean i'm going to get the one with the, the disc drive because i want to play my ps4 games but I really like the look of the other, the, the digital edition. And that's really the one that I would probably get, you know, if I didn't have literally, you know, 60 PS4 discs that I want to play on my PS5, you know. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Yeah, as you brought, like the symmetry look of the digital version is definitely a lot cleaner. It's a lot smoother. It just has that nice slick appearance. It doesn't have that protruding 
girth you know i don't even know what you want to call it yeah just that bubble where the disk drive is and it's i would really want to hear like a an interview with the engineers of why they came up with this design obviously it is about space uh, i mean heat distribution mm -hmm. it's definitely to get that ventilation going and keeping the system cool but i'd still imagine you probably could have come up with another design for the disc version of the ps5 that's along the same lines and overall design, but you know, maybe you just put the disc tray in another spot that blends with the overall aesthetic a little cleaner, because otherwise it really looks like they looked at it and just said, Oh yeah, we have to put a disc drive on this. Where should we put it? Put it yeah. at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, if it is a quiet system, which I think we're all hoping it will be, and uh -huh. I mean, there's a pretty good chance it will be, then that's you know that's good enough for me but yeah i i do think that look i liked i like the dual sense you know when the dual sense came out people were like well, what is this? this you know there was a lot of criticism given to the dual sense but i kind of like the design and you know for those people um that are listening nate and i did discuss the dual sense uh in a previous episode and i think the takeaway was you know we both thought it was interesting but it was a cool design but this it's hard for me to 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 look at it and and say yeah I can see what they were going for here because I don't really I can't really see it right now so yeah and, that's you know. I really need to see it like I need to see it in front of my eyes I need to yeah. really look at it horizontal and vertical I need to see the rear I need to see everything so I can have a better idea of how it's going to look either next to my TV or underneath it because right now it just doesn't go with anything. And I know some people, you know, they really care. Like, I don't care that of the color of the system. Yeah. I don't care if it's black, white, purple, indigo, you know, that does, that's not important to me. But the general look kind of does. And I know it sounds silly to be like, oh, this oblong system isn't going to mesh well with my media center and mm -hmm. my antiques along the, you know, the top of it. Like, it sounds silly to say that, but every single thing people buy you're attracted to it on a subconscious level and that's why you buy objects for decoration because yeah. there's something about it that you find appealing and right now i don't look at this and find it appealing i don't find it offensively hideous whereas i look at like the xbox series x it's an inoffensive rectangular design yep nothing about it that's particularly wowing but there's nothing about it that makes me say Ugh. the ps5 i'm just kind of like huh yeah like what exactly are you maybe over time i will grow to love it and it's seashell type look i mean like a hermit crab is going to come out of it <laughs> but right now it's just like initial shock maybe i'll grow to love it in a few weeks yeah knows we'll find out as you know time goes on now here's a question i have for you it's going to go back to the pricing a little bit yeah if Let's assume the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 both launch $499. Then Sony comes in at $399 for the disc, the digital only PS5. Mm -hmm. Xbox comes in with Lockhart, $299. Cool. Yeah. Who has an advantage there? Because now, if I'm thinking as both companies, I'm Microsoft, I say, we have the more affordable entry option. I'm Sony. I counter that saying we have the more powerful hardware. Right. And it wouldn't be a lie. Yeah. Oh, man. That, that's 
see now that there's a we're assuming Lockhart exists and it's going to be a part of of this discussion but now that there's four systems it really there's so many permutations here about how things could go I mean you'd still think that the 299 Lockhart would be the most compelling you know for, for for the simple fact that it's 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 cheaper it's the cheapest model you can get it's the cheapest next generation system you can buy so i definitely think there'd be a lot of appeal there and then of course you know microsoft will will offer x cloud and and game pass and and all those things which makes the system you know quite compelling but yeah look i that's a real hard question to answer i mean i i'd like to I guess we want to. We need to see if Lockhart is actually real. Um, you know, we sure. keep hearing about it, and maybe, maybe we'll we'll see it um, come up next month. But my other, I, let me let me let me counter that question with a question. You know, the the, the classic you know politician line. But do you think Microsoft is kind of is sitting on Lockhart, and they were waiting to see what Sony was going to do, and now that Sony has shown their hand and they have two SKUs. Microsoft is like, okay, or Phil, Phil Spencer's like, okay, let's get the Lockhart presentation queued up and, and edited and ready to go because we're going, we're going for it now. We have to go with the Lockhart. Do you think that has any any bearing on on the Lockhart, or do you do you think it was already something that was you know in, set in stone? I definitely say it had some bearing on when Lockhart was going to be announced and detailed, and I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft was caught a little off guard by this digital only option for the PlayStation 5 because had they come out with Lockhart let's say last month and here's our digital only Xbox Series X we're not going to give a price yet or anything of the sort but it is less powerful you know as the rumors suggest now all of a sudden Sony comes out and says well we have a digital only PlayStation 5 yeah the exact same hardware mm-hmm. well now why has Microsoft had to sit here and say how do I explain that I'm selling the lesser Xbox Series X when Sony is selling in ex- a PlayStation 5 digital, just like we're going. Like, how do I now explain why we made this one, you know, not as good as yeah. our premium model? Whereas Sony said, yeah, we're going to make them both premium. We're just going to remove a disc. Yeah. And that, that becomes a kind of a marketing nightmare. If you're Microsoft, by waiting, now they can kind of sit there and say, okay, Sony came out with their digital solution. We're going to come out with ours, but we're kind, we can now present it in a way where it's like, yeah, it's an option. Here's why it's a good system. It's cheap. It has Game Pass. It has xCloud. This isn't meant for the hardcore gamer. This is meant for those who are more casual in their gaming, who are fine with the Game Pass Whereas Sony's is just going to be that I'm a core gamer or, you know, I play a lot of games. I just don't want to deal with discs anymore. Yeah. So now, I mean, Microsoft does have a challenge ahead of them because I really don't think they expected this from Sony. Not many did, at least not for launch. So it definitely presents probably another hurdle that Microsoft wasn't necessarily preparing for. Yeah, I mean... You, you've you've raised some really interesting points. You know, it seems like Microsoft had both, you know, had had covered all their bases, but for Sony to come back and and offer two SKUs, albeit one digital and one digital and physical, 
they're basically just telling Microsoft, we don't really care about the Lockhart. We don't care about a, a mm-hmm. lesser performing SKU or a lesser performing next-gen system. The PS5 is is these specifications, which and it always will be, unless you know there's a PS5 Pro yeah. that comes you know two years from now, and and that's it. You know, and I think, and you know, from a development standpoint, it it's also a lot simpler and a lot easier for a developer to say, well, I only need to target this versus I need to target this and this. And I'm not talking about you know previous generation because obviously that is a different different conversation. But it it does make things a lot more simpler from a marketing perspective. That this is the PlayStation Five. This is our our family of consoles. This is what what the specifications are. And you know you can now determine what features you want. One being digital and one being digital with a DVD uh, 4K Blu-ray player for a more expensive price. And I think. I right. think you're right. I think Microsoft does need to think about how they're going to market the Lockhart. Um, but I, I think the Lockhart definitely exists, and I I, I think we'll see it when uh, you know Microsoft reveals their hardware um, in the coming months. Yes, I would expect to hear about Lockhart fully before the summer concludes. Yeah, because right now it still seems like Microsoft's a little shuffling things around a little bit. But I mean, Sony came out; they unveiled pretty much everything except for a launch date and a launch price. So now it's kind of the balls in Microsoft's court to say, how am I going to counter you now? And I mean, for the sake of the industry and for consumers and fans, let's hope Microsoft is sitting on some pretty exciting stuff when it comes to their July software, you know, showcase with the Xbox Series X because Sony put on a pretty damn good show when it came to software today. And that's the topic we're going to move into now. And before we get into the first party stuff, we're going to talk about the third party and indie studios offerings. And I'm going to run through the list of games that were shown today. We had Bug Snacks, Deathloop, Ghostwire Tokyo, Godfall, Goodbye Volcano High, <laughs> <laughs> Grand Theft Auto V and Grand Theft Auto Online, Hitman 3, Jet the Far Shore, Kenna, Bridge of the Spirits, Little Devil Inside, NBA 2K21, Oddworld Soulstorm, Pragmata, Project Athea, Resident Evil Village, or Resident Evil 8, Solar Ash, Stray, Tribes of Midgard, The Pathless, and is there any particular title out of that group you want to start with? But I should note that Ghostwire Tokyo... And what was the other title? I believe it was De- was it Deathloop. Deathloop, yeah, uh, exclusives, they right? Are, yeah, timed exclusives. Yeah, PlayStation Five, and I think PC. And if the game was coming to the PS4, that's yeah. also timed exclusive there. Uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty solid showing, as you said. I think the 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 big highlights for me, I would say. Um, I liked well. I mean, highlights. Uh, I was very surprised at the the Grand Theft Auto Five announcement to start the mm-hmm. show. That kind of came from nowhere. Uh, at least for me, I, I had heard nothing about that at all. So you know, for Rockstar to basically get that opening spot and basically show off a, a you know a, a, 
a, a game that's been around since the days of the 360 and the PS3, you know, um, coming to the PS5, albeit showing us PlayStation 4 footage that this game is coming for the PlayStation 5, was um, was a pretty ballsy uh, and interesting opening to, to the show. But, um, you know, I mean, GTA Online is an absolute, you know, moneymaker for for uh, Take-Two Rockstars. So, I mean, why wouldn't you do that? And I'm sure that, you know, they, they'll do well on the PS5. But for me, highlights, uh, Hitman 3 was one that I didn't expect to see. And that was that looked very, very good. Um, NBA 2K21, the visuals of that game just blew me, blew my mind. I mean, I'm, I don't play the 2K games, um, but I thought that was, uh, it, it showed well. Um, Resident Evil 8 uh, it was something that we had predicted would be at the show. Um that that was that looked pretty good. I mean, I'll definitely check that out. I was a big fan of Resident Evil Seven, uh, and other than that, I liked. Um, I, I guess as far as kind of the lesser known stuff, uh, that uh, Kenna Bridge of Spirits. That one, that one kind of grabbed me. I thought that was an interesting game. And Ghostwire Tokyo, we we saw um, last year. We saw that on ETH at E three, and um, it seemed like after Akumi uh, had left um, had left uh, the studio that that game was going to go into development hell, or maybe wouldn't hear anything from it. But it was actually shown off, and I think it had a had a, a release date as well of twenty twenty one. I, I want to say uh, so yeah. that that looked interesting. But I, I definitely want to learn more about the game and the story. Um, games for me that that I guess I should have liked more than I than I did. I, I didn't really think Deathloop was particularly that that great. Um I, I thought it was it was kind of had a cool kind of dynamic, but it kind of took that dishonored um gameplay, but it kind of matched it up with uh, you know, like uh Prey and and Rage, uh Rage Two and I just didn't really... It didn't really kind of work for me. I didn't think that game looked particularly great. Um, it just kind of looked kind of generic for me. But hopefully I'm wrong there. Hopefully we'll see more. Um, other than that, I liked... Um, I thought uh, the... Uh, I, I didn't think Godfall was particularly good. We saw another look at that game. We we saw a, a glimpse of that at the Game Awards, if you recall, last year. And, I mean, there's nothing great there about Godfall. It will... I guess it will launch with the PS5, or at least it's a holiday... Um, it's in that launch kind of window of games, but um, the other game that that impressed me was Odd Oddworld. I, I'm a big Oddworld fan. I've I've played the game since the the early days, and just the the way the graphics look, the 3D, um, and just the animation of of that world, it was really kind of it really grabbed me. But um, yeah, I mean, for me overall, third parties was uh, was was pretty solid. You know, it was it was good. Um, you know, we didn't see anything from EA or we didn't see anything from Ubisoft. And, we, you know, they have their own shows coming up. So we weren't really expecting much, but I was expecting at least, I'll say, one EA title uh, and, you know, maybe one uh, Ubisoft title to be shown. And we didn't see Call of Call of Duty at all, which, which was interesting as well, because, you know, in the past... Um, Activision and Sony have always been pretty close with, with their working relationships. So, but overall, I thought third party was was pretty was pretty good it wasn't didn't knock it out of the park but it was a pretty good showing what what did, what do you what did you think about it i think the overall variety and diversity of genre represented by the third party developers was really well done mm-hmm. i mean they showed a nice range of indie and bigger third party games like 
I mean, Resident Evil Village was definitely a standout for me. I love Resident Evil 7. I'm a big fan of Resident Evil in general. And, I mean, this game, just from what they showed, you're walking that snowy path in first person. You see the frightened villager in that hut, terrified, where he fires at you. Yeah. Because he fears you're a werewolf. And then all of a sudden, the sequence ends with the werewolf running around the house. And you and that NPC are sitting there you know, cowering in fear and you just see the hand come through the ceiling and rip the guy through and then a hand comes through the floorboards and drags you across the floor. Like, that's the sense of tension and terror that you want from a Resident Evil game. And then they showed some of the settings, the castle and everything. Yeah. And, like, that's what I want from a Resident Evil. And Resident Evil 8 just seems to, you know, push that envelope of, you know, some you know, horror. And then it ended with Ethan talking to Chris Redfield. Yes, while that Chris, was kind of cool. <laughs> Chris just shoots. Yeah. I believe is Ethan's wife. I, now, that's what I thought it was too, yeah. And Ethan is the main character of Resident Evil 7. So yep. it's kind of like, like, whoa, is, is, is Chris a bad dude here? Or yeah. like, what's happening here? It, and that definitely has my interest. Other games were like, as you mentioned, Hitman 3. I'm a big fan of the Hitman series and Hitman 3. It was a good trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo. I mean, I I love Shinji Mikami. I love the direction he takes with games. And this looks like a really unique game in both setting, visual design, and just core gameplay. I still have a lot of questions of how everything is going to work, you know, how the gameplay loop is going to function, but it has my interest. It almost looks like you're like hacked into the matrix or yeah. something. Yeah. So that has my interest. Stray looks pretty interesting. The cat game. Mm-hmm. Um, Pragmata from Capcom has my interest, but we really don't know much about it. It's something like with an Android girl or something. Then, I mean, all of a sudden her and the main character jumped and they landed on the moon. Not sure what's going on there, but... Should have been Street Fighter Six for the other Capcom game. (laughs) I would not have complained seeing Street Fighter Six. Um, (laughs) Project Athea from Square Enix. It looked cool from what they showed. It's a nice trailer. Yeah, my concern is... Was that just a tech demo trailer? Yeah. Of, you know, this is... This is just a proof of concept, and we're not going to get the game that's actually going to deliver that of her jumping across, you know, the cliffside onto rock stalagmites and stuff. Is yep. that actually going to be the game, or is that just kind of a, this is what we're hoping to deliver in the game? We're not too sure, but, you know, it's square. It looks beautiful. It has my interest. I need to see what the game actually is. For all we know, that could become this generation's deep down. Right. So with the third parties, and I'm only talking about the third parties, we, we didn't really get that much gameplay. We got a lot of trailers. We've got some gameplay. But, you know, how would you... And I'm just I'm talking about the third parties, but we can, we can definitely get into the first parties here shortly. But if it was just the third parties, how would you compare this, this portion, to Microsoft? Do you still think it was a better showing than Microsoft's one? I would still say it was a better showing than what Microsoft had because when I looked at the trailers from Microsoft showing is that they were, in essence, true trailers. Whereas I can look at these games, like Resident Evil 8 was a trailer, but 
it did show it didn't show me in-game gameplay per se but it showed me in-game yeah you know scenes moments or yeah scenes of the game moments yeah like set pieces and such and then even like Odd World Soulstorm, it was a trailer, but it was showing me gameplay sections. Right. The problem with the Microsoft showing was a lot of the games they showed were they were in-engine cutscenes. They weren't actually representing the game. It was they were more along the lines of like Pragmata. Yep. Whereas here's our game, here's the concept, but what you're seeing here, you may never actually see in the game itself. And that was really the problem with the Microsoft show. Where I mean, they promised us gameplay. Some showed it. Then we saw, like, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It had some gameplay in it. And had they not marketed it the way they did, of a gameplay, next-gen reveal event for the Microsoft showing, and they would have just said, hey, we're going to introduce you to next-gen, and they did the exact same show, it would have been okay. Mm-hmm. It was really a, mostly a marketing you know, error on their part. But overall, I mean, Ghostwire Tokyo showed us gameplay. Obviously, you know, not in the sense that we watched someone playing the game, but they showed us gameplay sequences. Same with um, Deathloop. Yep. They did show us how they went through, you know, in areas of stages, battling enemies and such. Um, But, you know, I think overall they went the right path to market these games, even if they didn't show an overabundance of gameplay Mm -hmm. yeah i mean again i I think a very solid showing and i do think it it was better than microsoft showing uh, as far as third parties and you know was it was it perfect no you know was it i think maybe i was expecting a little more than what they showed but um you know like you said resident evil hitman 3 uh ghostwire for me um that um odd world was was another standout i mean there was enough there for me to say yep that was that was that was pretty good guys you know we, we definitely yeah. see what you're trying to do and 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 i think they did a good job i mean it's also worth knowing a lot of these are new ip right which microsoft did have microsoft did show some new ip and new ip are tough to really market especially with just a a trailer we simply don't know enough about the game like resident evil 8 can get away with that type of trailer just showing some set pieces from the game because it's Resident Evil 8. It's a established franchise. We don't think Capcom's going to mislead us. They could, but you kind of give like a little more benefit of the doubt in those situations, whereas like Project Athea and Pragmata really don't know much about those games beyond those trailers. Mm-hmm. We don't even know if they're really going to become a product. Right now, they're a promise they become product. Will they? You know, yeah. something we'll find out as time goes on. But like with Ghostwire Tokyo, Godfall, Deathloop, they showed enough gameplay there that we have an idea of exactly what those games are going to be, how they're going to play. And, you know, that's that's the important thing where I can walk away after viewing those trailers and say, that game has my interest because I know what you're aiming for. Right. And now if like the gameplay part, I think also brings up a good point since we're going to move into the first party games that Sony had at the show. Mm-hmm. And they had a nice selection of games shown. They had Astro's Playroom, which is Astrobot, but a kind of like a looked more of a 3D platformer of sorts here. Then we had Blue Point Game, which was Demon Souls. We had Destruction All Stars from Lucid Games, Gran Turismo Seven from Polyphony Digital, Horizon Forbidden West or Horizon Two, 
Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, Returnal from House Marquee, and finally, Sackboy, A Big Adventure from Sumo. Now, there's a lot of software there, and they really highlighted a wide range of genre. Yeah, look, th- this part of, of the presentation, they had a lot of first parties. I was I was quite impressed. I mean, they I want to say this, you know, they didn't they didn't deliver the knockout punch to Microsoft, but man, uh-huh. this was this was a couple of heavy hits, you know what I'm saying? Like there was some yes. really good stuff here. And um when this was going on as the stream was going on, I was I was quite amazed at some of the things that were happening, but I guess for me, I mean there's there's some really big takeaways here. Um, Demon Souls, obviously, we knew. Well, we had a pretty good idea that Demon Souls was going to get announced, and it did. And when they showed that trailer, I was like, "Holy hell, this game looks incredible!" I yeah, was, that was beautiful. yeah, it's a beautiful looking game, and I want to see more. But on the flip side, we we didn't get a date for that one, right? I didn't I didn't see a date, or I don't remember a date. Which, yes, that was. It's a little surprising because I've always felt like that this was a launch game for the PS5. And look, it still could be a launch game. Just because no date was given doesn't imply that it's not coming out this year. But I also feel like if Sony was going to make a statement on this game, um, then they would announce that it would would launch with the PS5 and they didn't. So that kind of tells me that it may push into 2021. And then there was Gran Turismo 7, which was another game that, you know, I said that Gran Turismo Sport would be brought forward because that games as a service model, you know, makes so much money for these companies. But, you know, the last time we saw a Gran Turismo game was GT6 in 2013 on the PS3. So getting Gran Turismo 7 on the PlayStation 5 is big and uh, it looked it looked great. You know, it's it's hard to to look at a racing game and say, man, that looks so much better than the previous version because all the Gran Turismo games have have looked amazing since the first one that ever came out on you know on the PS on the PS one. So, but if you kind of look at the trailer, you can notice these kind of small little touches, physics things, and 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 just kind of just better draw distances and just so much smoother and and just everything just looks a little cleaner than the last gen. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see Gran Turismo for sure. And then Horizon Forbidden West look, look great. I mean, it, it looked like a next-gen version of Horizon Zero Dawn, which is exactly what I'm looking for there. You know, we saw some some gameplay of, of you know, of, of Alix running around and, and doing things, but I wish we saw more of, of that. You know, I would have liked to have seen maybe just, I guess, just a a cut not a cutscene, like a side mission being played or something would have been nice mm-hmm. to see but i did like what i saw with, with that game um spider-man miles morales yeah i mean this one was was interesting too i i liked it i thought it was the spider-man 2 when it was first announced but i guess this is just a full blown spider-man or game in the spider-man um universe and it's coming out this year with uh, with the PS5, so that's that's pretty exciting to see. It looked great as well. Um, Returnal was an interesting one by House Marquee. We we did, I think Nate, you mentioned that there would be a House Marquee game, and yes, you called it. I <laughs> I, I I'm not sure about this one. You know, I, I I thought it was it looked cool, but I don't know um, if it's something that I I would personally enjoy. But 
I'll definitely, um, you know, if, if it reviews well, I may take a look at it. And Sackboy, A Big Adventure, which, again, was something that was a little surprising to me. I, I expected a media molecule to make an appearance. Uh, I was kind of tipping that we would see, um, you know, Dreams PS5 uh, be announced. But, uh, you know, Sackboy by Sumo Digital uh, was, was, a, was a cool announcement. But, hey, you know, the one that, I think was probably best in show uh, was was Wretched and Clank. I was absolutely blown away by by what I saw from this. You know, it it showed off the power of the PS5, but it didn't really. I mean, nothing was ever explained to you about what makes the PS5 so amazing. But if you kind of look closer at the interdimensional you know travel that was happening in the game, you could you could basically see what was going on, what's going on behind the scenes. You know, the amount of texture asset streaming that's happening the ssd is being utilized to basically and we talked about this in in previous episodes dynamically generating or transforming these worlds seamlessly without loading screens is something that is really going to you know make next gen what it is and and look this was an absolute showcase of the playstation 5 and man it's so cool to see ratchet and clank running on ps5 hardware i for me for me, and you know, it's hard hard for me to pick one game that I I think was the best. But for me, I think Ratchet and Clank had had the most impact on me, and I, I was definitely the most excited about it. But um, as always, I mean, what, what did you think about about this part? Yeah, I'll stay. I'll stick true to the path of Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart since we're on that. And I'd have to agree with you. I think that was my choice of show because they showed us gameplay. They showed us a lot of gameplay during that presentation, and it did. It highlighted how the SSD can change game design by that dimensional rift, where you went from, you know, this one dimension into the next. And we saw kind of like the sequence where you're kind of, I guess you would say, in the universe, and he's transitioning through that darkness for about a second. And all of a sudden, you're in a whole new environment and setting. And the scope of these cities was massive. And the fact that it loaded up in just about a second shows you the speed of the SSD and they didn't have to communicate it to you in a way that's like badgering you over the head. They just showed you like, look how quick we're going to transition to a new, a whole new world. Yep. And everything I saw from Ratchet and Clank today, it sold me on the game. If that game's there on launch day, Ratchet and Clank is probably the game I'm buying a PlayStation 5 for at launch. Yeah. I mean, some people that might be like, really, Ratchet and Clank? Yes. I thought Ratchet and Clank Future and Ratchet and Clank A Crack in Time on the PlayStation 3 were two of that platform's best games. They were fantastic. And Rift Apart is everything I wanted from a Ratchet and Clank game. And I can't wait to see how they utilize the whole, you know, dimension jumping mechanic. That's going to introduce really compelling gameplay ideas and it seems like they nailed the whole transition and they're taking advantage of what the ps5 is offering them and i look at all the game is Sackboy, a big adventure i mean look out mario yeah has sony finally gotten a 3d platformer that can compete with you know the mario franchise probably not to you know a one-to-one comparison you know degree here but that looked it looked charming the stage designed looked you know looked very inspiring there was a lot going on during those trailers for the sack world game 
and it looked like a lot of fun and i believe it even had co-op mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's it looks it looks very ambitious and that's something you know especially gamers you know with families with children that's probably the game you're going to be looking at if you pick up a ps5 but you can sit down have fun play and i mean Sackboy is a delightful little character it's it's about time he became a bigger mascot for the sony brand and that game looks like it has a lot going for it sumo digital is a very talented developer and i mean they made snake pass which was an outstanding puzzler for the switch ps4 and xbox one and everything i'm seeing from sackboy a big adventure looks very ambitious and it looks like it's going to be very entertaining when it does come out um horizon forbidden west just wow yeah i mean when they transition into some of the gameplay sequences or i'll say real time sequences with alloy riding through the fields and stuff to see that the whole distance that you could see over the horizon it's just it was massive oh yeah scope of the world on display in those and that trailer was just it was awe-inspiring like that's what we're going to see from this gen and that's wow and these are we have to remember these are early games these are like I fully anticipate that Horizon Forbidden West is launch window, which means let's assume PS5 comes out in November. It comes out anytime between November and March of 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is a first generation game on the PS5. Just imagine what's to come in 20, you know, 2023. Yeah. And if- yeah, I mean, just just to just to jump in real quick. I mean, just because and I mentioned this before, just because there's no mention of a date doesn't mean it's not coming because we have to remember that the war with microsoft continues so you know if there are games that are launching with the ps5 it's it you know sony is in a good position to basically you know suppress that for a while until it's time you know to basically launch or let people know about how much this is going to launch um for how much the cost of the system is going to be and what games are going to be available? I mean, I think that's a separate conversation. So they're definitely holding back on some of these, you know, announcements of release dates for sure. Yes, because if we looked at some of the trailers or gameplay presentations, like Ratchet and Clank at the bottom of the screen said, this is pre-alpha footage. Yep. So pre-alpha means, you know, this, this game's pretty far along. Yeah. So, I mean, I fully anticipate that Ratchet and Clank will be there at launch. I think even Demon Souls, I'm expecting in a launch window game. Yeah, I'd be surprised and- if it's not based on everything that we've heard. And, you know, we, mm-hmm. we we read articles like literally 18 months ago that Bluepoint was working on a PS5 game for launch, you know. So um, right. I, I don't see that being any different. I'd be very surprised if, if Demon Souls doesn't make, doesn't make launch. And that's the thing, like, Look how strong of a lineup just from Sony published games that they're going to have with the PS5. Let's assume in, we'll say all the titles that they show today are the first year, just to give them a little, you know, buffer room. Yep. That's a hell of a 12 month lineup. And obviously there's going to be more. I just, you know, I don't see all those games coming out in six months. So that's why I'm going to go with 12. But in the first year, you're going to get. A little big planet type of game with Sackboy, Ratchet and Clank, Spider-Man spin-off with the Miles Morales, Horizon 2, Gran Turismo 7, Demon Souls. Yeah. Wow. 
that's i mean that's I mean, one of the best launch windows of, of console you know for a long long time especially for a sony console who yep i mean ps4 launched with Killzone and knack yeah this is a lot better than Killzone and knack I mean, the message was always they were going to they come come with us with a lot of games, and look, they they certainly have delivered that. You know, it's it, it it's been for me. Like I said, I, I think this was a very solid showing, probably one of Sony's best for a long, long time. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm always skeptical of these things. Like I said, you know, they always come with a lot of hype, and when you when you sit down and watch, you think, oh, this this wasn't as good as I thought it was. I was. Overall, I was a little—I don't want to say disappointed. I was not disappointed by the show, but I think my expectations—you um, know—the hype was getting so high at one point. But look, this was more of a reality check about look, these are the games you're going to get, and these these games are excellent. I mean, everything that was shown here was was fantastic. I think the only things that would have made it another tier higher was some of those titles that we talked about that 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 didn't come for example we didn't see anything of um silent hill which was rumored to be there um we didn't hear <laughs> you know uh, anything about god of war which again was i didn't necessarily expect god of war to be there but maybe they would show some something of god of war to tease people that there was a new god of war game in development but look you can't really fault fault this i mean i i, I was very happy with what i saw some of the the trailers and some of the gameplay that we saw from the first parties was just absolutely exceptional. Yeah. Exceptional is definitely the word I would use here. I mean, did they deliver like the coup de grace to finish off Microsoft today? No. From what I have heard from friends who are close to Microsoft, Microsoft went into today a little concerned. Like what is Sony going to do today? Mm -hmm. After the presentation, they kind of had a little relief of, okay, we were preparing for that killing blow and they didn't deliver it. We definitely got hit hard. We, you know, we got a little woozy, but we didn't fall. Yeah. Now it's, now it's kind of, it's Microsoft's turn to come in July and say, here's our counterattack. And honestly, I don't think Microsoft is going to have the games necessary to fully counter what Sony did today. Because, I mean, just look at the first-party games from Sony. That is a lot. And even if Microsoft does come out with Halo Infinite, Fable, Perfect Dark, and let's assume one shocking you know, surprise from first-party come mm-hmm. July, mm-hmm. you still have to topple Ratchet & Clank, Spider-Man, Horizon 2, Gran Turismo 7, and Demon's Souls. Yeah, I mean, it's, is, yeah. it's, it's a pretty tough sell, but... What if, what if, what if Microsoft comes back with Halo Infinite, which, you know, we know is coming, mm-hmm. the rumored Fable, okay. the rumored Perfect Dark, and either Forza or a Gears of War? Do you think those four would be, no. would be enough? Because that's no. a pretty, that's a pretty big counter argument. It is, but the main problem that Microsoft continues to run into is that as quality as those IP are, Halo is the only one that has true prestige in the industry. Yeah. Like, Forza has been around for years. It's an excellent racing game. Probably second only to Gran Turismo. 
but here's Sony with Gran Turismo 7. Mm-hmm. It's not sport that, you know, that then I would say that the edge goes to Microsoft in that case, had to spend Gran Turismo sport. But this is the next true entry to the line. Forza, it's not quite on one-to-one pairing with Gran Turismo yet. Gears of War isn't on the tear of really any of those yeah. key Sony franchises. Um, Fable can have a massive impact if done correctly. If Fable, let's just assume it does go in a Witcher type of direction. Mm-hmm. It has the fantasy world, dragons or whatever, but it goes closer to Witcher than what the original Fable trilogy did. Then you kind of have your counter to Horizon in a way. Not a full one, but you get a little closer. You just you don't have anything to counteract Demon Souls. You don't have something to counter Spider-Man. And Microsoft just doesn't have that family-friendly, happy-go-lucky, carefree software that you would say is in the same realm as Ratchet and Clank. Which I mean, which is okay. They don't necessarily need that type of software to be successful. Microsoft just has to come out and say, our software teams are committed, we are ambitious, we're excited. Here is a lot of the stuff we're working on. And that can also work against them in the sense that everything we saw from Sony today, even though not everything was dated, Spider-Man is the only thing that was given a holiday 2020, 2020 release from Sony itself. Yeah. All the other games we're expecting between launch and the end of 2021. Microsoft with games like Fable and even Perfect Dark, these are probably coming out 2022. Mm-hmm. So Sony showed us what is coming now and tomorrow. Microsoft is going to show us what's coming down the line, which, again, that's not necessarily bad. It at least show us that Microsoft has a grand vision, you know, planned for this Xbox Series X. But Sony just came ready. They were ready to go to war. And they brought their big guns out immediately while Microsoft is still in construction of their big hits. Yeah. Yeah, we we suspected this was going to happen. You know, we, we said for months that Microsoft, since the Game Awards, literally up until, you know, a week ago, were kind of controlling the whole thing. They were ahead of the game. They showed off the hardware first. They, you know, they they brought folks in to take a look at it. They showed off the power of the system. They showed the ray tracing. Everything was looking really good for Microsoft, and it's it's still looking good for them. We're not, we're definitely not discounting it, but we were waiting for this moment where Sony would come and show us what they had. It took them a while, you know. We had this, we had the Sony thing, which was not the right, you know, platform to to show anything. And then we had the Unreal Engine 5 uh, demonstration, which got people really excited about the PS5, about its potential and what it could, what we will start to see in next gen. And now we have this, and this, you know, ultimately has put Sony in the lead, and it's put them in the lead. I don't want to say in a commanding position, but it's it's put them well ahead in the lead. Where unless you know. I mean, unless something really drastic happens, I think Sony is going to come um, on, on launch day with with a lot more than Microsoft does. But having said that, you know, Microsoft mm-hmm. has a different strategy. Of course, they they will have games, 
and we'll see those games announced uh the first party announcement hopefully uh you know at some point here in the next month or so but they also have their backward compatibility um, focus as well as their uh, their cloud focus as well. So, you know, I think banking on those those things, bringing literally thousands of games, you know, to the Xbox Series X, is what Microsoft is is hoping will will get people uh, interested in the system. And definitely a bit of a different conversation there. But um, you know, what do you think about what's next for Microsoft and? And how do you think, you know, the rest of the summer is going to play out from this point on? It's interesting when you really look at these two companies, because they're both coming at things in a completely different way. They are, they are a total contrast of each other in that or inverse is Sony is going to be, or they've shown they're aggressive. Their focus is really the PS5. They are ready to kiss the PlayStation 4 goodbye. Yep. Come watch day. And we're really seeing that with the Spider-Man Miles Morales launching this holiday. And the fact that it's not coming to PlayStation 4 is kind of, you know, clear evidence that Sony is saying PS4 generation's over, PS5 is our future. Let's, you know, let's make that clear right away. Whereas Microsoft is saying, hey, we're still going to release games on the Xbox One for at least that first year. And that their commitment is more so to building their Xbox ecosystem beyond the box yeah they're still committed to the xbox series x but to see this difference between two companies is i don't know if it's refreshing or just really interesting Mm. they you typically we see all three companies have the same goal in mind we want to make better hardware so we can make better software so we can sell it to the consumer this time we don't see that similar trait amongst all of them they're all kind of doing their own thing. Sony is staying on the true and beaten path. They're doing what they've done well since the PlayStation 1, and they're going to continue doing that. Microsoft is saying, we want to be the Netflix of gaming. Yeah, exactly. And they're, and they're moving in that direction with you know some smart decisions. They need the software, just like Netflix needed a library of movies and television shows to achieve their goal. And that's what Microsoft is building to. Will they get there? We don't know yet. And Nintendo does Nintendo things. They make a hybrid system. And it's it's really interesting because if I'm Microsoft going forward for the summer, I mean, they really just have to stay true to the vision that they have planned. That they just have to message it perfectly. They really don't have any room for error mm-hmm. when it comes to this because Sony's going to capitalize on any mistakes you made sony is always well thought out in their marketing message and i mean that was on display today they showed that they are ready to move on to the next gen that they are committed to you know delivering high quality first person or first party games on the playstation 5 and we saw it with you know over almost a dozen first party games that they plan on releasing between launch and the end of next year and there's going to be many more games included in that list as the days and weeks go by and they showed such a you know there's so much diversity in what they're looking to offer with the playstation 5 from third parties and first party and you know that's it's really refreshing to see sony coming in from such a strong place because the ps4 took a little while to you know get its footing it like you had bloodborne which was fantastic then you had infamous second son and 
it just felt like you were kind of waiting for that next game. And then eventually we did get Uncharted 4. Yeah. And we did get God of War. We did get Horizon. And this time it just feels like they're coming out right out of the gate. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting to see, you know, what is Sony really going to do in 2021? What do they have in store for us in 2022? Yeah. They have their, it feels based on the lineup we saw today, this is reminding me a lot of Nintendo and the Switch. Yep. Where in 2017, Nintendo came out with Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart, Splatoon, ARMS, 3D Mario with Mario Odyssey. And it was like, whoa, you guys just came with all your major IP within eight months. Like, what is this Nintendo? Yeah. Where do you come from? Yeah. And that's what Sony feels like here, where there's Spider-Man, Ratchet and Clank, Demon's Souls, Gran Turismo, Horizon. Wow. Yeah, it, 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 I get the feeling that, yeah, they, they dug really deep on this one to get the the best that they could possibly do. And you're right. I mean, I, I think everything you said is, is absolutely spot on. They've, they've come to this generation. You know, it's easier to say that, you know, Sony could have just sat back a little bit. You know, they were far and away the, the leader um, current generation with the PS4. They sold over 100 million consoles it's easier to say that they could have just shown complacency like when they did when the PS3 came out. They had a lot of troubles, you know, with the PS3. But this is a different this is a different feeling altogether. I mean, they are they're not only, you know, continuing on off from the PS4, you know, finishing very, very strong with Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us Part Two, they're almost doubling down on on the PS5, you know, with hey let's get our big heavy hitter studios to start building games for the ps5 um you know and have them ready to go you know at least in the first year after launch and and have them all all releasing you know it's 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 something that like you said hasn't been isn't something that's really we're, we're really used to with the playstation but it's something that we did see on the nintendo switch so yes i i agree with you i think that sony their message here is we are ready for next gen come at us microsoft um give us what you got give us the best you can but i we don't think that you pose any threat to us because we have these games coming and not to mention you know all the other ones that are in development you know beyond 2021 right and this, i guess this will be the last question for the night that i'll pose to you out of the first party games that they've announced what combination of games from Sony do you think they would need to have the greatest launch ever? Ooh. <laughs> Man. Um, oh, I, I mean, I, I was a little, I, I was, I wish Bloodborne was in, in that pile. Um, I would have liked to have seen it. Um, but, you know, Demon's Souls is, is definitely something that, that really fills that void pretty well. But, I mean, Bloodborne would be definitely one. Um, Gran Turismo would be something that I would like as well. So Gran Turismo 7 is definitely something that I would be excited about. Um, I mean, I would say maybe an Uncharted game as well. I mean, I'm a big Uncharted fan, or at least uh, a Naughty Dog game that would be would be good to see. And maybe an Uncharted 5 or, um, you know, maybe a new IP from them. But having having naughty dog you know bring a, a launch game to the play a new console would be would be really cool to see mm-hmm. and you know maybe something going back you know um 
I was I was a big fan of like The Last Guardian and Ico and Shadows of the Colossus. So maybe another game in that type of um, you know realm would be would be really cool as well. But I mean, I think I, I think I know what you're getting at. I mean, I, I think what you're trying to say is this is this is just about it, you know. And and I agree with you. I mean, there's a lot here that I, I wanted to see that 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 came today. Um, but with maybe one or two more titles, it would have been, you know, an absolute, you know, m- mind-blowing event. And as it stands, it was just a, uh, well, it was a exceptional event rather than a mind-blowing event. But they, they almost nailed it. You know, they almost got everything down. But, um, you know, I, I can't fault what we saw today. I thought it was a, a very good showing. But, yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I would say... Give me Bloodborne two and give me a uh, an, an Ico two or a, a Shadow of the Colossus two or uh, or something along those lines or a Last Guardian two. I'd I'd be pretty happy with with something like that. <laughs> that would be man a Last Guardian on the PS five. Yeah, it, it it almost Just- I almost feel like they should bring it back for the PS five because you know the. I love the PS four version, but it got criticism for not performing very well. It had it had performance issues, but bring it back for the ps5 and just smoothen out that frame rate uh, i think it would be a completely different game same 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 thing with bloodborne i mean we know that there's 60 frames per second patches for that game so you know give us a taste of you know an, an uprest or a, a new version of those games that would be really exciting i think yeah that would those would be two remasters i'd love to see or even you know give me that boost mode when i put it in the ps5 do that backwards compatibility just to get a little you know a little extra mm-hmm. now well i think that will conclude tonight's episode or today's up of the playstation 5 reveal and some of the software that they announced for it as always thank you for joining me mvg thanks for having me and you can find mvg's channel linked in the description below as well as his twitter profile and that will conclude tonight If you enjoyed the episode, give it a like. If you didn't, give it a dislike. Let us know your thoughts on the PlayStation 5 reveal, the PlayStation 5 hardware, and the software in the comments section below. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.